Okay, so I just started recording the intro, but nobody knows what we're doing. We are cleaning out the trailer for the first time in probably 20 years. Not quite that bad. All this stuff got moved back here when we had the air conditioner installed at the beginning of COVID. This is not the trailer. This is the office slash guest house slash Tio Sid's abode. It just happens to be in a trailer. And why are we doing all this? So that... Tio Sid has a place to sleep. Tio Sid's coming! Tio Sid's coming! Yay, Tio Sid! So it's a perfect time to deal with this mess. And to do an intro to the San Carlos Computer Club. I'm Scott Stimson, the interminal host of these meetings. What does interminal mean? It means never-ending. That's a, that's a really good word. <laughs> this is Vast Mix Moss, uh, Emily Stimson, the favorite child. Uh, I make bracelets, and I am also a Greek mythology enthusiast. <laughs> that's great. And that's the book you just found in all my stuff here. It's a world mythology book. I'm trying to become a, a general mythology enjoyer. Oh, Diary of Frida Kahlo. I'm sure you can read that one. That one's your mom's. Cool. I'll put in the box of things that are mine. All right. The box of things that Emily has inherited from this project. So far, I've got two books and one thing of parrot lights. I saw one. I, I took one look at them and decided that I needed them for my room. Good the bottom? The oh, and look, there's stuff down there we need to get out, too, Scoot, so you can get that, too. All right, wait. I, I, I'm, I'm unclear on what I have to clean. <laughs> and because Emily has said they are unclear, we're coming to the end of this intro. <laughs> Would you like to add anything? Everybody go play Mori. The time's right, play Mori. Trigger warning for, like, suicide and blood and depression and gore and trauma. And um, <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're cool with all that stuff, tell me about Mori. So, bracelets, if you find the first two editions of that one myth of Greek mythology book I found, it'll be cool. This is going to be put on the podcast today, so where are you selling bracelets? Uh, I'm going to be selling bracelets at the Saturday market with one of my TS. Is it the Riscate Saturday market? Is that what that is? I'm check with mommy before you put this part in. <laughs> Look for them at the Saturday, the Riscate Saturday market. If not there, then check with our offices. If you want to buy one of Emily's bracelets... For your special someone before Valentine's Day. This is the intro from the San Carlos Computer Club from February 1st, 2022. This has been Scott Stimson, your host. This has been uh, Mass Mix Moss, uh, Emily Stimson, the favorite child. I make bracelets and I'm a Greek mythology enthusiast. And we're here until next Tuesday to say, Tech On! Tech On! <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Internet was giving me problems last week, so I didn't get on. Well, I got on briefly, but uh, that was it. You were here and gone. It, yeah. It took me four days to get the thing fixed. And uh, what I finally did was, you know, I was pinging it, and it would drop in, drop out, drop in, drop out. And I, up to that point, I'd been sending stuff to the guy and saying, uh, you know, this is what it's doing. This is what I'm doing. And uh, getting, you know, blown off, basically. So finally, I took a picture of the ping with the dropping in and dropping out. And lo and behold, within an hour, it was fixed. Well, great. 
great. That's a, that's neat that you were able to send a picture to your tech support. How, how did that work? Did uh, were, were you dealing with them on chat? Hi, Dave. You, you've come into a Fred and Scott conversation. No. Basically, what I did was, uh, what is it? Command, shift, and three to take the picture. You know, it takes a picture and it puts it out. And all I did was sit there and I was doing it under uh, WhatsApp. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that's really my question is, how are you dealing with your tech people? It was WhatsApp. And so you just had WhatsApp. to send it through WhatsApp. That's great. I, I haven't had a WhatsApp Telmex experience yet. Well, I guess that's not true. I've had a sales experience where where like they were going to up a contract and they wouldn't get back to me except through WhatsApp. And they did. But it, it, I haven't had a decent um, tech support experience mm-hmm. yet. Well, it seems like everybody here lives on WhatsApp. Yeah. Yeah, that's that feels very similar here. I think Telmex is catching up with the idea. But lots of businesses around here, a lot of things are done to WhatsApp around. Yeah, I I talk to different people that way. I've been dealing with Telmex for the last probably two months over the internet dropping and all sorts of fiascos. Unfortunately, Telmex tends to do a reply both on your cell phone and uh, through email of like, are we done with this? Yes or no? And of course, the answer is not always either one. It's I'm not sure yet because it has to go maybe a couple days before you see it again. Well, fortunately... And another interesting thing I found out, if you report it to the 800 number in Mexico City, the local people don't know about it. They don't have a record of it, which is it's not logged as an outstanding call. Mm, Dave, I I think that's only true if the call hasn't gone forward into a work order. Well, but if you... They don't tend to, you know, now they did do one work order where they came out to the house and basically made sure all the connections were clean. In other words, you know, there wasn't dirt or something in the optic connection. Sure, sure. Now, the final thing that really happened, though, it seemed like is, um, seemed like we got Mexico City more involved than ever. And the next day, they also announced, sent me the email, we're upping your service free of charge from 40 to 100 and things just started to work a whole lot better. Okay. What they did is replace some equipment uh, that was in the link that basically allowed lots of people on that link past that equipment to get better service. Yeah, I think you're you're probably right. That doesn't sound like, that that sounds very uh, reasonable to assume that there was a piece of equipment that needed upgrading or was failing and it was just the perfect storm to change it out. And the other thing that was interesting is I could turn off the Telmex rotor modem, and if I turned it off and back on in a minute, things still failed. But if I waited like a half hour or an hour, mm-hmm. it worked for another day or so. Well, you know what? Did you consider maybe that's just correlating with it, not actually a cause and effect? Right. Uh, it acted like overheated some equipment. Yeah, but maybe maybe what you're describing, maybe maybe it was just the flakiness of Telmec up until the point that, that things started working. I don't know. But, but you, you know, there's, there's so often you end up hitting a switch or bumping something and seeing something else, and it's a natural assumption that, that they're related. Maybe in this case, 
they're not maybe um, turning off, rebooting the modem. Uh, would you, you would go through that period of boot up time, and Telmex had resolved its issues within that period of time. Yeah, I obviously, you know, that suspicion is certainly not proof. It could be just randomly related stuff. Yeah, it made you suspicious after it happened like half dozen times. I'm I'm dealing with a silly troubleshooting issue. I use a baby monitor to keep track of what's going on in the rest of the house, and lately there's this ridiculous grounding buzz that's coming through it. And I'm just assuming like a capacitor has gone out and and I've had the entire thing pulled apart and everything just looks exceptional. I've tried different power supplies. And one of the things that's been difficult to narrow down is, is it the receiver or the transceiver? Or the, yeah, the uh, yeah transceiver or the receiver? Where, where is the where's the buzz coming from? And I've just put a ridiculous amount of effort into a device that probably doesn't fetch more than $50 on Amazon. And I think just this morning I've discovered I'm working on the wrong end of the device. Hi, Mom. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. You got a very clear, sharp picture? Well, I, on this end, it's not. Um, I'm My mouth is moving after I speak. It oh, just seems odd. to be kind of a wobble when I move my head. It takes a few minutes for the picture to catch up. So you actually are getting me past tense. <laughs> actually, you're coming up great on this end. You're a sharp picture and your lips and voice are moving at the correct time. Okay. Yeah. I'll try not to let it bother me here. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like you got a few people on. Yeah, we're just just Hi, starting sir. to join. Okay. The, uh, we're just uh, five minutes out from starting. Uh, I am recording for the podcast, but I haven't started broadcasting online yet, except for a slideshow and, and some music. Good morning, Chester. How are you doing? Buenos dias. Buenos dias. It is cold where I am. It's 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 under. It's like fifty seven degrees right now. That's nice. Have you brought any topics for today? I filled up this document, but uh, none. I'm not married to any of these topics. I just thought some of them might be interesting to people. I'll put a link here in the chat if somebody doesn't have it right in front of them. And we'll keep adding that link throughout our meeting as people join us or we have tech issues. Fred and David and I were just talking about internet issues and technical support and solving uh, solving uh, connection issues. You know, Fred just barely could stay on last week and he's gotten his internet sorted out. And Dave's been dealing with Telmex for weeks on end with fiber optics and that seems to have cleared up recently. I'm making yogurt while you're talking. All right. As long as that's not a euthanism. No. Good morning, Jim. <laughs> How's everyone doing? We're all doing great. great. Just just getting organized. All right. I've been uh, uh, in uh, the 1970s. There was an extradition hearing. I was a, I had a roommate who was a law student, and he said, "Get up, Jim. It's the uh, it's the uh, uh, trial of the century. You got to get up. You got to get up." And I dragged my ass out of bed, went down to uh, to the courthouse, and I always thought, you know, I spent my whole life trying to stay out of courthouses, but here it was going down, and uh, there were all sorts of funny things happened. Like at one point uh, they said, oh, don't worry about him. He's FBI. And I thought, that's funny. You know, like how in a, in a Canadian courthouse. But anyway, I went I went to, uh, and spent two days at the trial. And it was an extradition hearing for a man named Leonard Peltier, native activist with the American Indian uh, movement. And uh, he was uh, accused of murder. And, and the victim 
victims were um, uh, FBI agents. Anyway, uh, he just got COVID, in, uh, and he's still in prison 46 years later, and uh, and there have been all kinds of uh, uh, trouble with his case, and it's, he's been on the desk of several presidents uh, for clemency or whatever. But um, it's kind of interesting that uh, he's back in on the on the tube here with uh, Democracy Now!, you can look him up there, and uh, I think Pel- Peltier would uh, would get you from Demo- on Democracy Now. So. Peltier, sad, sad story. Anyway, it, not so much it, to do with uh, computers, but that's what I was doing this morning. <laughs> I think in Louisiana that'd be pronounced Peltier. Peltier in Canada too, but uh, I, I watched uh, part of this uh, this twenty minute thing that they had on Democracy Now. Oh, uh, there was actually him uh, speaking from uh, from the prison, and he called himself uh, Leonard Peltier. So Peltier. I, I got to go with that, I guess. Chippewa Ashinabi is and and is. Where, uh, where, and is that happening in the United States or Canada, Jim? Yeah, he was in, he was in Canada. Uh, he, he had he had gotten out of the United States, but they they uh, extradited him from from Canada, and um, the whole you know the the gallery was full, and uh, and uh, and. They uh, they made me take my shoes off, you know. In the seventies, that was a big thing, you know, to to get in there. And and they took my clipboard away. And and in doing so, I had to sign to get my clipboard back. So they got they they got my name uh, that I was in in court. Otherwise, I could have just gone in and left without leaving my name. Well, that's anyway, interesting. And, uh, and, yeah. And in the in the uh, visitors gallery, I noticed that there were people we- wearing sidearms, and and I, I realized that it was the FBI in in the uh, in Canada in court. Wow, that and that's okay in Canada, at least back then. <laughs> well, I don't think it was okay, but there was no nobody's going to say go up to them and say, "Hey, you." <laughs> Not today. He's got COVID now, and he's still yeah, in jail. He's Seventy-seven years old, and he's been in there for forty-six years. It's uh, an interesting thing the uh, the way we've treated our uh, the native North Americans. So. You guys can see it. It's a twenty-minute show. If uh, and I forget, Amy, somebody or other is the uh, is the host of that uh, Democracy Now. I catch Democracy Now often. Yeah, that's they do a good show. It's my wife and I do, um, refer to it as the depressing news. Let's let's watch some of the depressing news. <laughs> well, I, I had to I had to have breakfast and get a good cup of coffee before I even turned it on. I knew it wasn't going to be good news. I thought it was actually going to be uh, about his demise. You know, but we're we're a bit of bipolar with. With our news consumption in the morning, we'll watch the t- the um, the late night shows from the night before, making fun yeah, of yeah, making fun of the current political situation, and so that's our that's our funny news. And then we'll turn mm-hmm. on Democracy Now and watch that for a bit. That's our our depressing news. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You gotta you gotta keep it. You gotta keep a balance. You know. That's right. That's the correct news. Then say that again. The correct. News. Do you think Democracy Now then is the correct news rather than? I mean, uh... They're they're into subjects that uh, that are you'll never find on um, CNN yeah. or anything like that. You know? I mean, I have some, they, uh, give them their due. There there have been many um, things about him over the forty six years. He's popped up several times. I think that he he was a, a, a leader, and that's why they they a man like that was dangerous at the time. And they they had uh, there were, I think there was uh, uh, several dozen uh, natives that sort of disappeared or died under because they um, uh, they were murdered, but there was no investigation of the murders. They were just part of a, a big purge going on. 
and it, it wasn't the FBI doing it. It was it was the uh, this was going because there was all there's always the two sides the the traditional of which Leonard was one and then the ones that are are the um the made the made, like the, in in Canada there's so many of the uh, the bands they um but the go the um our government says in order to to have a chief that deals with us and gets treaty money uh, you have to elect the person in, in which case then it doesn't go by the the same traditional way so there's these parallel parallel systems and he was with the the traditional one and and then it was a chief that was an elected chief that was harassing his own people who were part of the, this american indian movement anyway let's get on to something more fun <laughs> hey how about, how about this hey jeff thanks for that you've got a new phone yeah, finally fred. what is that fred yeah i got i got a phone just like fred's and i oh. got it for 355 us including tax in canada and it's uh it's it's refurbished you know so it's brought not brand new but it's uh, got 120 uh 28 um memory and i was quite i'm quite thrilled with it you know so Thanks, Fred. It was it was more than enough for what you needed to do because what you were doing before was enough it, until it until it fell out of date, but until it fell, it couldn't be updated. And and I'm 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 realizing that it it's um, more powerful than my uh, my iPad here. It's just got a smaller screen, so I could load up everything on my iPad three times and and, uh, <laughs> and still have room. <laughs> well, and actually, we now live in a, a a world where you could add an adapter that would allow you to add a screen to it. You could actually have a bigger screen handy. <laughs> yes, I could. I could go to Barstein, but that, one of the problems, though, is there's no. Uh, I can't put my headphones on it. That's right. I you gotta need. Get, I got to get a get a dongle or something. That's right. Or or commit to the Bluetooth headphone movement of good enough that works oh. most of the time but not all the time well, uh, what? well uh, bluetooth if i when i get something that uh, that very special i i do what my mother does with uh, with things that are gifts and so on uh, i put them away for good and i yeah. have i have a set so maybe yeah. when i'm done in, in, yeah you should break them out more. and set them up you might find them very simple to set up and start yeah, using they're little they're little white ones that hang in your ears you know so Okay. I'll look like I'll look like a, if, a reporter. If they're genuine, uh, I uh, what are they called? Earpods. If they're genuine earpods, yeah. then yeah. charge them up. Your phone should find them for you. You should be able to well, like. I'm sorry. Go ahead. My last one didn't, and I and I got frustrated and just put them back in the thing. But it, it's it's got a a little box that uh, that you can charge them through. You put mm-hmm. them in the box, and then you're supposed to charge in there. You know. So the way this is supposed to work is as long as your Bluetooth is on on your phone. Phone, you open the box and bring it close to your phone, and your phone should just find them and tell you they're there. Oh well, I'll, I'll give this phone a chance. Yeah, yeah, maybe this phone's the one that will do it correctly. Right. And It'll I haven't had a chance to give a, an intro, but hi everybody, I'm Scott Stimson from International Computer Solutions, and it looks like we got a good group of people for the San Carlos Computer Club. If you have not had a chance to look at the document that I created over the week. There is a document, what I call the document of p- possible topics, and I'm pasting that in our chat right
right now. It's got the secondary meat code as well as some news stories that I thought might be interesting to talk about. And uh, also just some, some topics that others have brought. Right at the top, we've been talking about Jim and his new iPhone, as well as the Democracy Now! Uh, um, on Laura and uh, Leonard Pelter, which I'm learning new history. But I also have listed here, David sent me a link about something called Next Gen TV. And I was hoping Dave would tell us what that's all about and why he thought it would be interesting for us to know about. Dave, are you there? I should have worked this out ahead of time. He's probably off at breakfast right now. That's why he turns off the camera. Well, maybe we'll let that sit because it, it's, it has something to do with some kind of broadcasting TV. And, you know, we like to make fun of ourselves as being the TV club at times. In, to, the way he's gone on about different services, I can only imagine it's a, it's a decent and cheap way of watching live TV. Uh, you know... I, another thing that I, I bring to the table, if you're interested, I, I spend time on Reddit. And a few weeks ago, maybe even a few months ago, we had talked about how a drug deal or a, a drug bust, what was a supposedly a drug bust, they were busting a house they thought was growing or making uh, illegal substances there in England. And they broke in and they found out that it was a bit mining operation. That video has surfaced on, on Reddit. And I thought you guys might find it interesting. I put a link in the document, but it's right here on my page. And I'm just going to try and hit play if this is going to work. Maybe it's not going to work. Maybe it's been so asleep that it won't just wake right back up. But it shows going into it, banging in the door. And then it is a bird's eye view or a uh, police officer's um, webcam view of a Bitcoin mining operation. I'm going to refresh the page and see if it comes back to, to life for me. Copy. Since this has given me so much trouble, let me stick it in our chat. Maybe you can bring it up on your end and have a better experience than I am. Or like I said, I've already, I think I've already stuck it in the document. I just thought it was funny. And if you haven't seen what an illicit Bitmine operation looks like, there you go. Okay, there's the link. Wow, everything just slowed down on my computer. It's probably because I'm trying to watch videos at the same time. It's in the chat, but it's not happening on my computer. So things are broken on my computer. Go away, go away. Whatever, whatever that video was, it was taken too much. I've already watched it, and you can watch it too. <laughs> But you'll have to do it on your own computer because trying whatever to get it, it is, whatever it is you're doing there, Scott. Yeah, find it ourselves. It's kind of it's kind of interesting to see how. Uh, I always wonder what 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 it is how how you mine a bit. That's right. And this is interesting because what they've got are stacks of video cards. They, it would make a gamer cry because you can see all these video cards there being used for mining Bitcoin that a gamer would want for playing video games. And the market for those cards has just been insane recently. Shelves and shelves of Bitcoin miners. Good morning, Cheryl. I didn't have a chance to say hi to you and Bill. How are you guys doing? Did you bring some topics to today's meeting? Well, we've just returned from the Costco Seniors Hour in Mesa, Arizona. Oh. Uh, we're in the Best Western Plus on Gilbert Avenue. 
That's right. We weren't even expecting you to be with us this morning, except for maybe briefly. This is great. We timed our shopping so that we could come back here for a little regroup because we've been out since 7.30 this morning shopping. We're doing this and we're not so patiently waiting for our COVID test results. Are you on your way north? Yes, yes, we are. Um, we, We have to have a COVID test. We have to test negative on a PCR test within 72 hours of flying. So we came up on Sunday. We did the test at 8 o'clock Monday morning, and we need the results before we can check in for our flight tomorrow at 11. So we're, Good luck we're, with that. We're kind of hoping. Yeah. yeah. They said 48 hours maximum. So what, Have we got any other computer topics other than what I've brought? I've brought some stories here from the news that I thought might affect you guys, but they're not glamorous. They're not exciting or intriguing. For Windows users, um, Microsoft has come out with a thing saying that the updates might take eight hours of online time from start to finish. So if you ever wonder why I uh, charge less for you to drop it off in my office and leave it for me with me for a couple of days, it's because we're sitting here babysitting your computer as it's doing the update. Make sure it happens all in one go. They're saying that the, the statistics, the analytics that they're getting from Windows is showing that computers are needing at least eight hours of time to get these updates that they've been putting out. There's a link here to an article with Tom's hardware. I don't know if you guys have looked at that as a source of information in the past. Tom's Hardware has been around for a long time, and they do reviews and troubleshooting. They do this kind of problem solving, and they've been around for years. And this is just an article that was published yesterday talking about how the Windows 10 is taking this much time of online time, which makes your laptop experience a little painful at times. You actually do need to let that thing sit in the corner and be on for a while or use it while it's downloading stuff or actually go and preemptively download your updates because there is the possibility with this amount of time that you could use your laptop so infrequently that it's never updated but always updating. They do mention later in the article that Windows 11 updates are smaller because there's a new, there's an improved compression algorithm that's being used in the Windows 11 operating system. And so these updates are smaller. Has anybody moved to Windows 11 yet? Nobody's got a Windows 11 computer out there? The main improvement with Windows 11 isn't yet available except for developers. What's the main improvement you're looking forward to? Well, in in uh, this case, that. David, the, one of the improvements is smaller updates, so less time online needed. Yeah, well, that's the screwy Microsoft algorithm that they use. And from my ex- big computer experience, basically, when you do an upgrade, never try to cancel. Always just let it go. If it's overnight, who cares? <laughs> Yeah, but we're back to that experience now where you could say, my computer's acting funny, I'm going to restart it, and it goes into an update process, and now you can't use your computer until it's done. Like, we were supposed to get away from that, and, and we've built back up into that again. I guess as long as we're we're familiar with it, as long as we're expecting it. I actually have a computer that sits here in my network. One, one of the things that's new with Windows 10 is that computers can share updates. And so you can have a computer that has already downloaded the updates, and that's available to other computers. 
And you you might check that out in your own Windows 10 settings to see what you've got it set for, because there is the uh, the the option for it to share be shared across the internet. Like your neighbor on Telmex is getting a random Windows update from your computer in your in your network. I don't necessarily recommend that setting, but there is a setting to set it for local area networks, and that's where it's helpful for you if you have more than one Windows 10 computer in your life. You can have your computer set so that your your other computer isn't going out to the internet for it, but it's just getting it right through your local area network. That might save you time and because it's not actually, if you've watched the Windows updates in, oh, in extremely slow, the Macintosh updates, the uh, it's really dependent on its availability on the internet and not really so much dependent on the internet that you have. You can have very high speeds coming into your house, but then if you pay, if you pay attention to the updates that are available through Microsoft, those many times don't download at the, at the speed that you have internet, and you end up waiting for those. So having a, having computer a computer that is able to share updates with other computers in your home becomes beneficial when you're living in a Windows world. I haven't seen that for Linux or Macintosh desktop computers. I don't think it's an option. In those cases, those computers are subject to however fast it takes to download things. And Linux is actually very fast to download things. It's it's the Macintosh world that is sometimes really restrained and bottled I've seen from updates. I imagine it's because when Macintosh puts out an update, it's immediately wanted and up and, and sought after by their systems. And I don't think I, I think Windows is kind of a hodgepodge of that. Or I'm sorry, Linux is a hodgepodge of that. Not, not so much prioritized by anything more than the user. I think the Windows experience and the and the Macintosh experience are kind of the same, where where you're getting updates when, when your computer flags it needs an update. It's happening right around the same time other computers out there are flagging that it's an update. And so you're all fighting for the same supply and, and with the same demand. Uh, and so that affects what, what's available to you to do an update. And Microsoft is trying to circumvent this problem with the Windows operating system by making computers that make that update available after it's been downloaded into one computer, it becomes available to other computers in your local area. So so your spouse's computer can get it from your computer instead of having to go back to the internet and fight with other users for the update. All this stuff is actually happening without being aware of it. But if you're interested in why it seemed like an update process takes so long versus other times being faster, there's some enlightenment to how that stuff works. Okay, go ahead. Another carryover for last week. I don't know if you already talked about this, but Rufus is the magical uh, software used to configure a bootable uh, USB drive. Rufus, this is for Linux. For Windows, Linux, you name it. Oh, oh, right. This bootable USB drive with whatever ISO you bring to it. Right. So if you use Rufus, all you do is basically download Rufus, download the ISO of Windows or whatever you want to do, point Rufus to that thing, and it creates the SSD drive for you. Takes a while, but that's the way it works. 
Rufus, I feel like I've heard about this before, but I'm I'm a novice with it alongside all of you. I'm going to look into it because uh, Bill's got me on this project to try and boot a USB drive from from various computers that will run Linux, and I know it's possible. But the the direction I have, I, I'm going to put Rufus into my search queries yeah. and see if it, yeah, it can build it. What I used a couple a couple of years ago, and I used it not that long ago to create. A Windows bootable drive. I'm gonna. So I used I'm, it a couple years ago with the uh, different Unix setups I had. You were able to Unix. create a, a Windows bootable drive off of a USB using Rufus. That's what you're saying, right? And I was that's, able, and I that, used it for creating Linux bootable stuff all the time. Yeah, no, I'll look into it. That's great. That's I, I'm, I'm gonna. I, I'm going to title it uh, Bill's USB Linux Bootable Challenge by the time I'm done with it. But uh, Rufus sounds like the kind of tool I'm looking for. And David, on another topic earlier, you had sent me a link to Next Gen TV. And I was just curious what that's all about. I was hoping maybe you would tell us what that is. Next Gen TV basically is switching your over-the-air antenna type stuff from uh, the current methodology to basically an IP type methodology of doing things. And so I keep thinking, well, gee, if that's the case, maybe it would be possible to do something with that to get take advantage of the IP at your home in the U.S. and have it implemented down here for all your live channels that you receive over the air. So is this any different from IPTV like Linda's always preaching about? I, I didn't mean that to be derogatory. I hope that uh, didn't yeah, sound derogatory. Is, <laughs> no, this is the providers of over-the-air TV. Um, this is a legit you know, local NBC and those types of system of, of legitimately. To, yes, uh, it's legitimately doing it to your local TV. But the protocols they're using is, you know, IP. And that's what made me curious about it. I didn't look into any farther beyond that. So this isn't I, something. I oh, in TV fact, I, I in see US. something now on this website saying coming soon. So it's looking to yes. me like this is a standard that they're trying to set get a number of manufacturers to follow suit in from and what you not no it's coming like in a month that the old antenna type stuff has a new transmission format for but, over the air tv locally but it's it's over the air that's what you're saying is it's over the air yeah it's it's not internet based right but it's using an ip technology they were saying Weird. And that's what made me. Uh, I sent oh, you a link to the article, expl you know, talking about it. I don't know if you had a chance to look it over. Well, I I did. But I did not get the impression that it was over the air, though. I got the impression that it was. But that makes total sense now, because here I am looking on the air map. But then again, yeah, when I looked at this at first, I thought this was just the areas that were supporting it. I I, I, I did not wrap my head around it the way uh, you're describing it. Yeah, my understanding was it's the transmission protocols used by all. I'm getting um, it now with you talking. In fact, I see this thing here. It says it's the third generation of digital TV technology and a giant technological step forward to TV viewers. Stunning video, brilliant colors. Dolby Audio, Intelligent Enhanced Dialogue. See, I couldn't figure out if this was a broadcast technology or a 
or a, a new video format from these kinds of descriptors, but maybe it's both. Like one of the things that I've thought would be very cool for TV technology, I heard about this in a, a subreddit a few weeks ago. Uh, why why don't we have audio technologies like video games where you can enhance the dialogue and and uh, lower the volume on the background music or or the special effects? So you, you have control over those three ranges of things. And people piped up to say, well, a lot of modern TVs have like an on and off switch for certain things like enhanced audio so that your 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 vocal audios are are higher up to be heard and there's less special effects but i'm sure you folks are probably not aware or maybe only a few of you are aware that uh, a video game for for generations now have the have sliders that allow you to slide the audio from vocals from dialogue up and down the the background music like the soundtrack up and down and the special effects up and down and what an interesting concept to say why don't we record movie and tv in this fashion and give those controls to the user so that when you're having trouble hearing somebody talk, you can turn down the background music that's playing. You can turn down the special effects that are exploding. I was hoping that we were looking at something like that here, but then you also talk about it being a broadcast technology. Oh, in fact, here it has one that says, do I need an antenna? And it says yes. So it is yeah. It is definitely an antenna. It's a broadcast technology. Well, so it's the well we're going to go back to those big ones on the roof. <laughs> no, it's the small little electronic antenna that they switched from pure analog to digital, I don't know, what, five years ago, and they would even pay to buy you a box if you needed to get it and stuff for the end. That's antenna. right. At least in the United States, the uh, I, was it the FCC that I actually um, provided funding for boxes? You could get a coupon right. for an HD antenna but, or an HD decoder. And so this and is this an is, extension of that. Right. And I was hoping you'd know lots more about it than I do, but sounds like we're about on equal terms. Yeah, you know, here in Mexico, we haven't, they haven't switched to HDTV. It's all still analog broadcasting. They may be doing simultaneously, simultaneous broadcast in HD in certain areas. But there, there's well, been, there hasn't been a um, sanction like they did in the United States where they brought down the analog signals. Yeah, next-gen TV doesn't really apply to us down here, except I was hoping reading between the lines that we could take advantage of it, broadcast it with its technology it uses, which is IP, down to us. Weak Something or no signal. Rescan your possible. TV. It feels like years ago, uh, we were excited about uh, an Amazon product for rebroadcasting local TV. I, I don't know if you remember that. I can't even remember the name of it at the moment. But you would put it in your home network and connect it to an HDTV antenna. And then you'd be able to broadcast that to your Amazon devices on on the Internet. I I believe by the end of it, they were you were able to get it to anywhere you were on the internet. But I don't think it ever picked up speed. I looked into it. In fact, I wonder if I still have the links. No, I, I look Amazon, Amazon TV broadcast. It was a way of bringing HDTV to your Fire Sticks. What the hell was it called? It's like rebroadcaster. Recast, that's the name of it. Fire TV Recast, over the air, DVR, 500 gigabytes. 
this is a product and and you can put it and and I believe that I at, at some point had reports from folks I think that were in the computer club this is when we met this is a, it was a tuner it had so many tuners there's a two turner there's another one with a four turner a tuner it's meant to capture so that you can watch later but it's over the air and then one of the things that you were able to use it for was uh, broadcasting to your fire tv sticks so you'd sit it into your local area network and hook it up to an hd tv antenna and be able to capture over the air cite a, a kind of a lateral uh topic to this next gen tv because you would hope that if you're going to be getting a better quality um gosh this next gen tv it wouldn't be able to be in this in this context the fire tv recast that i'm talking about now would need a software update to support this next gen tv system that they're hoping or or i'm assuming is integrate going to be integrated into manufacturers products like lg samsung and sony they've got their logos on this information so this is dave said this is probably the next generation of, of tv technologies this is going to be another one of those labels on the box supports this and it has to go hand in hand, it looks like, with over-the-air broadcasters. Yes? I'm totally confused. I've read uh, what there was on this next gen, and I'll send you something that I pulled off of their site, if it'll, uh, if it'll go to you. Anyway, I don't understand whether, are they talking over the air? Are they talking internet? It sounds like they're talking a combination. Uh, and then it says something about uh, you don't have to have internet to make it work. I, I internet enhances it. Oh, wow. Internet enhances. I didn't see that. Is that in there? Oh, wow. You know, so, so the, the for satellite. well, it says you need an antenna to receive free local channels that are broadcasting next gen TV. So what I get is that at the very least, it's an HD TV signal that's available to be broadcast like an HD TV signal is broadcast. But then it's a, it's a new standard for the quality. And it looks like the quality is based on an IP technology, like an IP addressing technology. So you'd be you'd be sending packets, but it must be specially formed packets instead of general internet. It's it's and it's happening in a broadcast capacity. It's happening over the air instead of across the the channel or across the cable. It's similar to the HD technology we have now. The HD technology we have now is one direction, comes from an antenna, comes into your house off an HD TV antenna. This appears to me to be an HD TV antenna or HD TV technology where they have set the scope, uh, those, the, um, the stat or the specs. They've set a new, a new set of quality specs for receiving this signal. And that's going to require new software on the other end. For, I mean, if, if I speculate on it, you, you can't match those specs 
if it's a new spec, you can't match those specs without changing what the device that's receiving it is capable of doing. And so you would do that through a software update, which probably won't happen with appliances you've already owned, but would show up on on future appliances. Okay. What I'm wondering, since they're building it into these TVs, am I going to have to have a dongle if I don't have one of their TVs? And is it going to be... uh, It feels that way, doesn't it? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Fred. Is my Samsung TV that I'm looking at right now um, going to be a pick it up or do I need to upgrade to a brand new TV in order to get this technology? I, I I think the answer is under number four. Look for the next gen TV logo in the TV section of your local store or from your favorite online retailer. Many new TV sets from LG Electronics, Samsung, and Sony already come equipped to receive next gen TV. So yes, it is out there. And our call just got a ten minute. We're on a ten minute countdown. Let's not forget that. I uh, so it is a standard that's being built into a equipment and it's but from what we read it also needs to be a standard built into broadcast equipment well right now you can get uh what is it uh amazon uh built into the tvs or you can get Roku in the tvs is this just an add-on you know it's interesting here at the end of this do you need an antenna you will need an antenna to receive free local channels that are broadcast in next gen tv they don't say anything about needing a, a next gen TV antenna. So again, I feel like it's software going across to standard HDTV antenna signal. And then under the video, it says standards are also being developed so that next gen TV channels can be delivered by cable providers. So it's both a broadcast technology and a standard technology for audio video. Do I need internet access? While you can certainly receive next-gen TV without being connected to the internet, most people who bring home a new next-gen TV will connect it to broadband internet so that they can enjoy the most immersed, rich entertainment experience possible. Plus, with an internet connection, next-gen TV will be upgradable as new features become available. So something about the next-gen system allows you to supplement your broadcasts with internet it sounds to me, I mean, like I'm, I'm trying to read between the lines of the, the propagandese that's here. And it sounds <laughs> like if you live in Oregon and you're getting a HD channel and it's cloudy and you can't get all the bits, you can supplement it with bits off your internet provider. I, that, that's kind of the idea I get from it. Interesting. We'll keep an eye on it. I don't think that any TV purchasing decision for Mexico should be concerned about next-gen TV. I may even feel that way in the United States and Canada. I'm not sure. I'll have to give it some more thought. I think that probably what us as consumers and purchasers of large screens will do is it'll just be another logo on the box, and we'll look for it if it matters to us, and we'll be surprised we have it when all of a sudden it does matter, because it didn't matter when we bought the TV. I've beat that horse to 
Please, Chester, I was just going to invite somebody to take hold of this silence. A couple of, Go ahead. couple of TV items. One, as you recall last week, I was talking about the blue tent on my LG television. Oh, yes. And the, the suggestion, I think David suggested that I kick it back to factory settings, which I did. And, of course, when you do that, you have to reestablish your, your Wi-Fi and your direct uh, Netflix and Amazon and all that, which is fine, but it didn't do any good at all. Um, my next objective is to, and I have to I play with this from time to time. My next objective is to go into Netflix with a very colorful show to see if I get the blue tint over the internet. And if I do get it, if I do not get it over the internet, then it seems to me there's nothing wrong with the television, and the problem is in my direct TV receiver. That that sounds like wise thinking. Yeah, absolutely. The and if, if I do get it in my on on my Netflix and uh, Amazon, then I will assume it's the TV rather than any reception. That's right. Um, yeah, that sounds correct. I don't know what to do. Do I throw it away and get a new one because I I, I do not want to fool with this uh, for very long. The other subject I had was um, last night we started watching 1883. It's a series and we've watched five of the six hour series and I don't know if any of you have watched it. It's on Paramount and I noticed this morning that I get seven weeks of free Paramount and then they charge $9.99 a month for the service. But uh, that I'll have to decide. But I, I, I don't know if anyone is watching 1883, but it is a excellent series and well scripted and well acted. Well, I'll put it on our recommendations list. I've never heard of it. Is it is it well, a new it's production? The, it's it's ties in it ties in with Yellowstone series, and I think it's the founding or the founding uh, family that came to Montana and uh, in the early days of wagon trains. And so this is a wagon train that's headed out from Texas and headed towards Oregon. I suspect along the way they will be stopping in Montana. But it's an excellent series. I'm just not sure how much I'm going to have to pay for it ultimately. Well, Chester, I really like Paramount because that nine ninety five price is with no ads. And so I watch the nightly news the next morning in 15 or 20 minutes rather than 30 minutes of time. And things like that, you know, just the series that I watch are just very compressed in comparison. How about the movies and the um, series? The, the TV series, I, I'm not much of a movie fan, so, you know, I know my wife watches some of them, but she watches them from other spots, too. What I really like are the series. Uh, in the last several years, we've mostly watched series, some of them as long as two or three years long. Uh, I like that better than movies. But the problem I have with movies is you never know how they're going to end, and so many of them end crazy. Right. <laughs> like Not one of the series is, is MacGyver. And I don't know if you people are aware of it, but our neighbor right down the street was the cinematographer for the original MacGyver series. Oh, fine. Uh, lives here in town. Um, you know, but then MacGyver, you know, came out when they re- 
he did this series, and both of those, you know, series are as an example of something TV series that's on Paramount. Mm. I was a MacGyver fan when I was a kid, and I tried the new series. I watched a, a bit of it and enjoyed it for its uh, for, for out of nostalgia, but I never kept up with it. One, one of the, the funny things, I mean, since we are talking about MacGyver, one of the, the funny trivial points of MacGyver was that because it was made in the time period it was, the only explosion in the in the show was in the credits scene. We're very frozen here. Oop, who's frozen? And Scott, you're beeping out all the time. I'm I am. Frozen. You're frozen oh, on my end, too. Nobody else is moving. <laughs> Not even hardly me. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Anyway, that was always funny because they, they they would talk about MacGyver as being able to build a bomb out of chicken or uh, like chicken wire and a, a bubblegum wrapper. And he actually never made bombs because the TV network wouldn't broadcast things blowing up. Go ahead, Mom. What were you going to add? Actually, this call is going to end in less than a minute. We should wander our way over to the next meet, which I've got cycling up right now. And let's just filter on over there before this disconnects. Close that. that. What the hell, man? Come on. How is this not working? They add new stuff and the old stuff becomes unusable. I don't know what that was all about, but I'm glad you're all here. Here I thought I was all ready. I saw all of you waiting to get in, and the button to get you in was frozen on my side. For some reason, it would not let me press the button. I had to refresh everything. I guess we're still missing some folks. If we're talking about uh, old TV stuff and old movies, uh, I was trying to get, uh, I guess it was the 80s Running Man, if anybody remembers that one. It was with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sure, yeah. Isn't that a Philip okay. K. Dick story? It's it's not available. At least I can't find it. I can find the new Running Man, but I can't find the old one. Oh, that's uh, interesting. If you if you go on your movie stuff um, under you know the SCCC or SCC Club, yeah, and go down a ways, there's uh, the wackiest ship in the army. I can't find it, and it doesn't even come up with the logo. Uh, so, so you can see it in the list on tracks, but you can't find yeah. a copy of it to watch. So, uh, with, with John Wayne, you know, you can find True Grit with uh, Jeff Bridges, but you can't find True Grit with John Wayne. Um, they're phasing out the old stuff, or at least I can't find them. I think these are what we're going to see silo up. Is we're going to see questions? they're going to they're going to make. Uh, like Netflix type services for the general everybody's got to see best selling and then you're going to have these little boutique shops that you're going to pay a, a fee to each month just to have access to or maybe maybe because you have to pay access to it uh, Amazon decides it has enough value to add it to its prime offering so that so that you're able to take advantage of like maybe you can pay five dollars a, a month to have access to that art house. In fact, I'm thinking of a horror house right now. Bloom. No, what is it called? A lot of the Bloom House films are there. They have a streaming service if you're a horror fan and you can pay a monthly fee to have access to their horror library and they've got the highest quality copy 
copies of these unique horror films from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. And, but you have to be a horror film buff to appreciate it. And maybe you won't find that odd eclectic movie in a Netflix category because it's just not worth it to them to work out the copyrights to hold that movie. But you're such a fan, you'll go pay $5 a month to have access to that other library. Fred, did you try Amazon as well as Netflix? Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, one of the one things, oh, did you try yeah. Just Watch? That's a question. Track also is keeping track of the services, the general ones, Hulu and Amazon and Netflix and and Star and these. If you bring up, I'm not, I'm not finding in the list the one you were looking for, Fred, but here's, I'm just going to click on the good liar. And what I expect to find on Tracks is it's going to, it's going to say, can you get this on Amazon? Can you get this on Netflix? It's It's got a slew of services that it's paying attention to. So that if you wanted to watch here it is, watch it now. And there's two streaming services that you can watch it on right now. Uh, I'm assuming from the color coming up, it's going to be uh, Netflix and something. Now, oh, no, it's Claro Video and iTunes. They watch it on, right? And I'm assuming, Fred, with your discovery, it's not offering on tracks an, an option to watch it somewhere. They haven't been able to find it for you. Have you tried Just Watch? And maybe you can find it there because they do the same kind of service, trying to find a movie, a, a service that you can watch it on that just watch just, just watch.com. Just watch, mm -hmm. just watch.com. It may point you to a legitimate service to, to buy, uh, to watch a movie. You might even find some of these services. There's a, if I remember right, I, and, and I forgive me, I don't have any of this stuff in front of me. But the Criterion Collection is out there, and what they have done is bought the rights to make a, a special release of specific movies. And if I'm right, if I remember right, there's a Criterion Collection subscription out there that you can pay monthly to and have access to all the movies that they have re-released. They they were Blu-ray, they were DVD, and then Blu-ray releases uh, titled the Criterion Collection. Just giving Fred, you some. If you're a John Wayne John Wayne fan, I would certainly recommend his most acclaimed movie, which is The Searchers, and uh, I'm sure. Sure, that's being shown on Netflix because I saw it recently advertised. Well, the, these eclectic movies, I think, are what you're going to see kind of silo up in this specific kind of art houses. They're they're going to categorize them together, and there's going to be, as Google would put it, cohorts of you guys that are those fans, and they're going to pay that extra money for that particular service for these hard to find yeah. movies. Uh, there's movies that uh, you wouldn't classify as the top of the line uh, that I happen to like. Uh, one of them I truly like and is top of the line is uh, uh, Father Goose, and uh, that's one. Down Periscope is one that uh, you wouldn't put in the top category, but it's also a very good movie. Some of, um, some of these Down movies... Down Periscope, have... they're charging... For... Say that again, Brent. Down Periscope, they're charging $4 to watch it, and it's a 1980. 
1989 or 1999, 1998, I think, movie. Jeez, in those days, you could have watched it with popcorn for that much. Fred, also, uh, YouTube has a lot of movies, and particularly the old movies, war movies, and you might try YouTube to see if you can find that movie. Okay. Yeah, actually, when I... was I... looking for the wackiest ship in the... YouTube is a good suggestion there, Chester. I've definitely had experiences where I was trying to watch a classic movie, and I couldn't find it in any of my usual places to look for a movie. And it turns out it's so readily available on YouTube, there's no reason to have it anywhere else. You are dropping out. I am. I, I've been monitoring internet problems up and down throughout the meeting on my end. There's nothing I can do about it. It's just having a problem. <laughs> well, have we got some other topics out there? Last week, oh, did. go ahead, Chester. Yeah, last week I mentioned, uh, and I think you took a note on it, uh, Dr. Davis Hanson and some of the uh, uh, some of his lectures are really outstanding, particularly the one on World War II. Yes, Chester, you've mentioned him before. Who? Uh, where do you find those? On Netflix? On, on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. It's uh, Davis Hanson, Dr. Davis Hanson. He's a uh, historian. Uh, very, very good. He shows up a lot on Fox as a guest. Another uh, source for movies on YouTube, or let me try that again. YouTube is another good source for eclectic movies from Mexico. You've probably heard of the Mexican uh, actor Cantinflas. The, there's a number of classic movies, famous Mexican movies, comedies. Like He's kind of like Mexico's Jerry Lewis, The uh, and they're all available on YouTube in its entirety. YouTube has become my primary source of entertainment, not at <laughs> night, but during the daytime. Chester, you need to say that like you're a 13-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I love history, and it's just packed with history stuff. Yes, it's also a great place to learn. I, I spend a lot of time on YouTube doing disassembly how to. videos to yeah, learn how, how to, to take part. Yeah, laptops, things of that nature. Very good stuff. In, in fact, you know, it's funny. We're talking about YouTube. We're talking about how-to videos. Have you followed this controversy? with them uh, disabling the dis the dislike button. Like, it still exists, but it doesn't have a count next to it. So people can't down-like down a video for any kind of meaningful thing. You can down-like it, and the content provider will get that feedback, but that feedback isn't broadcast and accounted for in their, in their interface any longer. So you can't, as a consumer of YouTube, uh, rate the number of a thumbs up to thumbs down the way you used to be in the past. So what's happened is there's this viral meme of, uh, of disastrous how-tos based on not knowing that this should have been a downvoted YouTube video. And, and the theme is, I fixed my plumbing using, a YouTube, using YouTube videos after they disabled the dislike button, and they show the plumbing exploding in flames. That's the video you're watching, is things falling apart because uh, you picked the wrong videos to learn how to fix your... It, it reminds me, back in the day, the YouTube uh, joke that... that the prank 
was to show a video of like powering a TV set by by wiring a nine volt battery to the to the end of your your plug, so you don't have to plug it into the wall. And it was meant to be dumb and entertaining and to screw with people that didn't know better. And and that's where like down down liking videos came from was this ability to kind of quality control the content that you're consuming. The, the hope is that even though you don't get to see the down like of the video, it's still affecting the algorithm. So when you're looking for genuine content, the algorithm is not putting these bad videos in front of you. But the but the viral meme that's going across the internet right now is the idea that all you can find are the bad videos and you're trying to shingle your house. You're trying to spray paint your car. You're trying so they've got a number of these videos out there on the internet where things are falling apart in disaster because you're watching the wrong YouTube video. One of the things I like about YouTube, though, is if you do a search on a subject that you're interested in and you watch a couple of, of YouTubes on that subject, then you'll be presented with a big array of everything on that subject. Yeah, absolutely. Their algorithm will, will sort you into those things that you're interested Now, it's controversial, controversial though, Chester, right. because I, you've watched uh, children's videos go into Hitler videos. And there's this question, why? why? Why does the algorithm feed in such a manner? And they've worked really hard to try and understand that and, and, and make it a, uh, a less destructive force. They don't get a real balance. You often swing off the, in one direction when from YouTube. I find that you you won't get the opposite opinion if there's an, any kind of an argument. If you watch three in a row of the same you know, same side of the argument, it tailors itself to be one side very quickly. You're saying, mm -hmm. yeah, not very not not very balanced. The I, it's you look around and, and there's so much of that kind of I don't know horseplay going on on the internet. I think about when I needed to. A research uh, um, roofing material to fix my roof, and uh, I found it at Home Depot. I bought it. I went, and and even still now, months later, I will go to some website that's using some algorithm for advertising that knows that I'm interested in roofing material, and it will just blatantly be broadcasted in front of me, like. I still need it. Six months later, still need it, apparently. Just these inefficiencies in these algorithms across the Internet. Well, I purchased a uh, outdoor gazebo for the backyard, and I went on to YouTube, and I named the manufacturer of that gazebo. And I found several YouTube videos of how to build that thing that were just really outstanding. Yes, yeah, that's that's mm -hmm. awesome. I, I, I'll go in looking for, in fact, I was just looking for, for um, a computer laptop, uh, actually, Bill had asked my opinion of something, and I was I was out doing research on it. I found the laptop was so new there just wasn't any real information out there about it. Nobody has taken it apart yet. You, you don't know uh, the innards of it at the moment, but I could very easily see the innards in the disassembly of the previous model that had been released in 2020, uh, just from a YouTube video. And if you go to my business website, you'll see I take apart laptops online all the time. I mostly for posterity, but I like being able to go back and look at something and see, oh my gosh, that's where that screw goes. <laughs> so just the range of things that you can expect from YouTube is, is amazing. Movies, 
self-help, history. Go ahead, Jim. I didn't mean to cut you off there. This this is way off because just before we changed, you were talking about uh, MacGyver. And uh, I used to work at a National Historic Site. We had a a guy who worked the summer in the blacksmith shop at the Historic Site. And he was the stand-in for MacGyver because they shot it in Vancouver in those days. So There's there's another advantage of of YouTube that I'll, I'll mention is that if you find something you want to share, you can you can copy the the um, the address and then convert it to a, a DVD and share, share share it either internet or otherwise with other people. Yeah, well, yeah, you know what? Another advantage besides being able to to suck that video down and share it however you'd like is YouTube makes it easy for you to have a portion of the video that's relevant. Like you've watched the video and you get to five minutes, ten seconds into the video and that's the information that you want to share with somebody and you can copy that as a distinct link and send that to somebody and it'll start up right at that point in the video i didn't know that yeah if you if you follow they've got a a share icon or a word share that you can click on and it's an optional checkbox that you can check and it will modify the link so that it'll point directly to that period of time in the video. And for Sandy, uh, if you are using your your uh, Photoshop, uh, you you can click on different uh, Photoshop subjects and learn a lot about Photoshop just off of YouTube. Paul is not here with us, but I just wanted to plug his Cruise Movies 2022 list that he sent me of movies that he would recommend, and I went ahead and stuck it on the website for the San Carlos Computer Club in the last blog post for our last meeting. I'm trying to bring it up in front of me now. I'll add it to the document from this meeting as well. It's in last week's meeting, uh, but he's got a great list of movies there that he wanted to share with all of us. I'm sorry he's not on here today. I thought I would hold on to it. Who knows? Maybe he'll have a cruise movies list 2023 in the future. Where is it? I thought I had it right in front of me, but I get for talking ahead of myself. I just realized I'm working too hard. I'm going to the back end when I should go to the front end. I'm just going into the website as we know it. But if you're looking for more recommendations for movies, he's typed it up into a nice PDF document. Have I killed my internet? Are you guys still with me? Still here. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. Nothing is happening. Are we doing recommendations? I think we are. I think we're at that point. We've just been meandering around the topic. Trying to but get your list into the... <laughs> well, I'll recommend The Star is Born with Lady Gaga. Oh, I've heard that's good. I don't think I've seen it. I think part of the, the time-consuming thing here is that I'm sharing that screen at the same time. So I'm going to do it in the background as we can talk. When it's in front of me, I'll pop it up. A Star is Born. I put The Running Man on the list, too, because we were talking about it earlier. I like that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think that's a Philip K. Dick story. I can't find The Running Man on... Uh, uh... Just watch. I can find clips from the run, but I can't find the full movie. You know, I've had this experience. I was watching a documentary. Gee, it's crazy. A four-hour documentary on 1980s horror films. That's kind of why it was in my mind's eye as we were talking. And uh, I'm I'm not a big horror fan, but there are some of those movies that I are kind of touchstones to my childhood, and so I recognized them, and, and I was interested in them, and I started pursuing some of the more 
obscure ones, and they were ridiculous to try and find. I almost had to go find a video store to rent the VHS tape of because they're just not available online. <laughs> Fred, do you have any other recommendations you would make this week? Uh, let's see. What else did I watch? It was interesting. I'll think about it. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, one of the things I have on my list is, uh, and we've probably talked about it before, but the new season of the Ozarks has started. If uh, you haven't followed that, that's a Jason oh, Bateman. Go ahead, Fred. I wanted to talk about that one. Did you notice that season four, part one, and there is no nothing so far that says anything about season four, part two? I, well, I believe it's week by week, and that's, no, that's the eight, problem. No, there's eight, uh, I think it was eight or ten, that were out in part one, and that was done. I guess no, I didn't pick up on that. I, I don't think we finished it yet, well, but you're saying at the, I, that all of that is referred to as part one, like they're going to have another ten episodes that would be part two. I thought it was part four. Well, it's season four, part one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah season four, part one, episode one and it goes to episode eight i believe anyway i've watched all the way through that one and then uh, i can't find anything anywhere saying that when or if part two is coming out i'll have to check that on direct tv yeah i didn't get that either. i i missed that as well fred but we were actively watching it i don't think we finished season four yet so i'll look for that and finally my computer has brought up the web post from last week's meeting and we didn't have any movie recommendations, so I stuck Paul's Cruise Movies 2022 under movie recommendations on, on the post, if you're looking at, at my screen here. And if you click on that, it'll bring up a PDF document of all Paul's movies when he was avoiding his wife and sister-in-law watching the movies in his room. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he really he really did run <laughs> away from them, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. It was a long cruise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, how do he, I get that he, up? You know, he didn't have a window, so you had to do something, huh? <laughs> Fred, this is the blog post from last week's meeting. It's on sccclub.org. I mean, the full invite here, I'll just stick the whole link. I'll copy that over into our chat. And there's a link under movie recommendations called Paul's Cruise Movies 2022. And that'll bring up his PDF of the movies he watched. He's a good COVID isolator. <laughs> oh, okay. I found it. If you ever go back to one of the blog posts, you'll find a lot of the stuff we talked about. And if you go back to it periodically throughout the week, I add more and more information to it. Like some of our recommendations for shows are here. If you click on it, it'll take you to track listing. I also put a link to the Wikipedia article if you're looking for more information. Puzzles. I like to make puzzles, so I'll stick that on there. The uh, In fact, I'm looking at my screen talking about this but not showing it to you. So that, like, here's recommended movies, recommended shows and then we've also got puzzles we make out of the the art i make episode art if you're looking for help sometime with some graphic there's examples of graphic work i've done in gimp on all over the the website and then links to the news articles that we talk about the topics that we bring up this is the 18th episode hey and you know what i forgot we mentioned it in the intro emily and i did to the last episode is that this is if you're unaware the hundredth episode this is our hundredth virtual 
virtual meeting since we switched to this format. That's a lot of meetings. (laughs) It's it's really, really close to two years of meetings in this format. That's pretty amazing. It's going to be hard to leave, huh? It it, it will be. I'd like to continue them. And we haven't added anything to our our in-person protocols. And we haven't had much of a conversation yet about in-person meeting. I, I do know a few people that are anxiously waiting for us to do it, but I don't see anyone online right now with us that is interested in in-person meetings because they're not here in San Carlos in person. There we go. Less than a week till we leave Ottawa, you, though. Getting excited? Well, getting <laughs> packed anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I just hope I go back to a, uh, a motorhome that's uh, not uh, treated and fall on or something like that back in BC before we leave. But, and I hey. hope the gas prices aren't too high going through uh, the USA. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Avoid California. Oh, you just filled up a. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, no, Cheryl, I, go ahead. I, I rarely fill up in California, that's for sure. <laughs> Lucky I got a thousand miles uh, in my tank. So. We just filled up at Costco in in Yuma. Uh, sorry, where am I? Mesa. Uh, 339 a, a gallon. That's bad enough. But I saw uh, some YouTube. It had a, a background. There was a, a gas station and it was 450 in California. Well, that's that's not even the highest it's been in California. No. Well. So, um, Carol and and James, you're in Ottawa. How are the uh, truckers behaving? Uh, misbehaving. Actually, it's the truckers are, are less of a of a problem than the, than all the hangers on that came around. It just turned into like a, uh, I wouldn't call it in quite an insurrection or anything, but there were a lot of sort of people hanging around in the streets, and and we got caught. And we went skiing. We got we got had to come through from from uh, Quebec into uh, past the Parliament buildings, and, and uh, so we drove right past all the truckers and they were in the parking lane and one lane of the road and they were just blocked there. So we only had one lane to pass them. And uh, it was quite something because we were in a filthy pickup truck. And so I, I, tr- I tried different faces on, on various people on the street, you know, sometimes smiling or you know, nodding <laughs> as if I was <laughs> part of, their, part of their, uh, their thing. And they all gave me thumbs up and high fives and stuff like that. And other times I would scowl at them and they would, they would scowl back at me. So it was, uh, you know, it, it, it slowed us down about 40 minutes getting home from the ski ski hill, which was, was no fun, riot. by the way. At least there was no riot. No, there's there was very little um, uh, vandalism, I would say. You know, like it was just people parked in, you know, I, where I was. But I mean, let, let's. Well, there we was, heard about there, the- there, there desecrated uh, war memorials you know, and things like that. There were people literally; they had bumped their trucks up the curb and were parked on the uh, in the war memorial. So. I wasn't too good. Uh, being in a military family, there that was noted. Yeah, and desiccating on the war memorial. Yeah, they should have had more yes, porta potties. What they did? Oh yeah, and the, what they did to the Terry Fox statue. Oh, I didn't know about that. Was that going in Thunder Bay? Or the one in here? Uh, no. no, there's one. It's one in Ottawa, a oh, yeah. statue, and they draped it with a flag and uh, mm-hmm. upside down Canada flag, and they put on it that it uh, freedom, freedom for all, or something, and mm-hmm. um, and people using the war memorial as their bathroom. Um, right. I, I, I'm sorry, Canadians. I'm a. Of, I, I'm your typical American. I have no idea who you're talking about. Who is this 
this this what, what is happening what no no I, I i i was i was referring to the statue actually i it has who, made national news so we jerry, know about the protest jerry fox that they have runs that are around, around the world that they're uh, for cancer he's a young fellow that uh, lost his his uh, limb when he uh, his, his leg and a very high amputation and and anyway he ran halfway across the country and and was raising money and of course he only got halfway across the country so there's a big statue where where he completed his um, his run and then he had to go back for treatment and he didn't survive but on an annual basis there are runs and there's been millions and millions of dollars raised in his name so he's a famous Canadian and he's a, he's a cousin of of uh, Terry Fox and what who's the the Fox the actor from, uh, Michael Michael J Michael Fox Michael J Fox it's his cousin you know oh wow anyway. that's that's interesting. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. About the- no, that's okay. But you're you're right. There there were, uh, but it, it wasn't. And and there were people that that kept saying, okay, we're going to go to the the governor general and uh, ask her to uh, dissolve the government and and uh, reconstitute a new uh, a new government here in Canada. Like there was all sorts of people on the on the <laughs> YouTube or you know having opinions, but. Anyway, it, it didn't. And, and Chester used the Chester used the word insurrection, and there were quite a few of them being interviewed and stuff, and that that they were saying it was Canada's turn, and uh, they were wearing "Make Canada Great Again" hats, and and there were even um, similar to, um, to the uh, insurrection on January sixth. There were even Confederate flags. U.S. Mm-hmm. There were. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because right. it, it yes. started off talking about, about you know, the, the truckers were complaining that they needed to be vaccinated to come back into Canada uh, in their trucks. Yeah. And they felt that it was their right not to not to not to have to do that. So um, but everybody else, the people have nothing to do with trucking. I just piled onto this because it was just a big to do. Yes, well, another way for them to show their dissatisfaction. Huh? That's right. It's a lot of frustration yeah. from this this uh, COVID thing. Huh? The the other uh, one was the GoFundMe. Um, they had a GoFundMe uh, fund organizer uh, for this uh, protest, and they were suspicious. So the GoFundMe organization put a hold on it. They did release some money, and the organizer ran off with a million dollars and has never been seen, and they can't account for any of it. It was supposed to be used for expenses and stuff, and those people were there without food, without any fuel for their vehicles. And Well, that's right. They, they, they showed up at homeless shelters and demanded food. And, oh, that's and what that they was were about. Vaccinated, uh, they didn't have the right uh, uh, ID to get into into uh, restaurants, so they uh, they couldn't go into restaurants. Oh I guess my they, god! They could go to uh, grocery stores, but of course they. they I I, I saw the headline, uh, and I'm like, why would they be harassing food food shelters for for food? What's what's that all about? Yeah, and you've just provided the correct context because they couldn't get into restaurants. Right. <laughs> yeah. What a world we're living in now. Oh, that's just what a crazy anyway, situation. We're, we're, uh, about ten, yeah, we're, we're about ten ten miles from um, from the uh, Parliament buildings. So it it, uh, it we have seen it. Like I say, I did drive through it the other day, but I had a great day skiing. And only <laughs> fell once. <laughs> Kept up with the uh, uh, the elementary school kids anyway. That sounds good. Yeah, that does sound good. 
And I saw anyway, the pictures I, yeah. of you and Carolyn skating. Yes, yeah, we got out in experiences, but we're looking forward to some Mexican ones. <laughs> tell you the truth. Yeah. Anyway, I, be, I better get going. And uh, okay, we should for, bring uh, this meeting here. to an end. Thanks for being here, Jim, Brad, Cheryl, Mom, making it to the end. Sure. <laughs> yep. And Bill, Bill, there's Bill. And Bill's there too. You guys, I wish you the best of luck. Stay safe and healthy there in your respected locations. And we can talk next Tuesday at 10 o'clock for our regular meeting of the San Carlos Computer Club. Say that again, Jim. I said Fred, stay out of mischief down there. (laughs) (laughs) Or create some good mischief. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Good trouble. Good trouble. Good troubles. You guys have a great week. Tech on. <laughs> have a good one. I just want to say this has been the San Carlos Computer Club. I'm Scott Stimson from International Computer Solutions. I grab my chest so you can see I'm wearing my logo. If you're looking for computer help out there on the internet, I'd appreciate it if you get a hold of me. It's as easy as sending an email to scott at internationalcs.net. Until next Tuesday, this has been the San Carlos Computer Club. We meet each Tuesday at 10 a.m. This was our 100th meeting, 100th virtual meeting. We've been doing club meetings since early 2000s, but this is the 100th virtual meeting. And in this case, I'm the only one in San Carlos. Anyway, I hope you guys have a good week and we will talk soon. Until next Tuesday, everyone tech on.